0: Welcome back to Brain Care. So we're joined once again by holistic health and fasting expert, best-selling author, and the host and speaker, Dr. Mindy Pearl. So in case you missed it, make sure to go back and listen to Friday's episode where Dr. Mindy talked to us about her book, The Menopause Reset, and gave us the 101 on all things menopause. Today we're going to talk about fasting. So Mindy, what is intermittent fasting and why do people do it?
1: Here's what we know about fasting is that the body has come pre-equipped with some really incredible healing switches is what I call them, like that get turned on when we are in the absence of food. So intermittent fasting is become kind of like a buzzword where it gets thrown out there, but to everybody, it means something different. To me, intermittent fasting means you are compressing your eating window somewhere between an eight to 10 hour eating window, leaving a big time period, usually somewhere between 13 to 15 hours, 14 to 16 hours where you are not eating. When we don't eat, that's our body has like um, an alternate fuel system that it will tap into. And when we tap into that, it's pretty incredible. The experience that we have with the body and our brain, and also what the body is able to repair from. It's like that constant eating all day is never leaving time for the body to repair.
0: Yeah. You know, there's different schools of thoughts on intermittent fasting, and I I appreciate, you know, it's not necessarily an exact science, but on a personal level, you know, I've done intermittent fasting, or as my mum wittily reflects, uh, it's called skipping breakfast, and I've been doing it for 60 years without the lingo, stopping eating at 8pm and not eating again until, I mean, realistically, 1231 which ends up being about 16 hours, as you know, you know, I found that to be really helpful personally. I I know it's good for my long-term, but just on a short-term daily basis, mental clarity and more, I find that to be like a highly effective way um, of managing my energy. Let's talk about the main health benefits of fasting then. Is is it true that fasting can slow down aging, for example?
1: Yeah. So the best way to understand fasting is that you have to start to get your mind wrapped around. We have two energy systems. One we gather, we call it the sugar burner and we get energy from the foods we eat. The other one is called the fat burning energy system, which is when in the absence of food, our body will burn fat and stored sugar and make ketones and drive energy from that system. Some people call it the ketogenic energy system. So what you're initially trying to do when you fast Is you're trying to switch from sugar burner to fat burner That switch normally takes about 13 to 15 hours of fasting And you'll make ketones Ketones will go up into the brain They'll start to repair neurons that might be damaged And the beautiful thing they'll do is turn off the hunger hormone Which is why the more you fast The less you'll just notice you're just not very hungry Then if you keep going, you go to 17 hours, another healing switch turns on and it's called autophagy. Autophagy is where the intelligence inside the cell goes, we're not getting any blood sugar here. We're gonna need to get more efficient. And so it will clean up the cellular parts. It repairs mitochondria, and a plastic reticulum. The mitochondria will make more glutathione, detox glutathione. It's a great way to kill viruses and bacteria that might come into the cell. And if the cell's really bad, like it's going to be a cancer cell, then this autophagy switch will trigger something called apoptosis, where it will actually kill the cell and get rid of it. This is how well we're designed. It, like, this is why I love fasting. This is just brilliant the way we're designed. At 24 hours of fasting, you see a whole rebooting of intestinal stem cells. So the gut becomes healthier and you can any damage that's occurred from food can be repaired, leaky gut syndrome, things like that. 36 hours, the bo- you're forcing the body to go find the, the glucose it stored in fat years ago. So people want to lose weight, you can you get them go- doing 36 hours. 48 is one you might love is we're seeing evidence that new dopamine receptor sites emerge after 48 hours of fasting, making somebody more sensitive to dopamine, which ultimately gives you more joy and happiness. We also see at 48 hours that the Krebs cycle starts to spit off more antioxidants that will slow the aging process down. And at 72 hours, the whole immune system gets rebooted. Old white blood cells that may not be efficient will will be recycled and repaired and you get a big burst of a stronger, uh, more powerful innate immune system.
0: How long can you fast, like, like all things, right? Everything in moderation to an extent. So how much is too much?
1: So I teach six different fasts, 72 hours being the the, the longest. I, you know, I think once a year you try a 72-hour fast, that's awesome. Unless you have a real chronic condition, there's no need to keep doing it. That It's just a, an opportunity to really repair your immune system. Otherwise, you know, intermittent fasting can be done daily, um, I like one day a week, I tell people to stretch their fast. So we keep kind of working on pushing the body into a hormetic stressor place where it'll repair a little bit better. So there's no need to do, like I see a lot of people wanna do 21 day fast. And you know I've, I've met a guy one time who'd done 90 days of fasting. Those are extreme and really not necessary and really should only be done when you're being coached by somebody.
0: With being very practical, you know, you need to kind of have the weight to lose because if you're not eating, you will lose weight. So starting off skinny and going on a 90 day fast is probably extremely detrimental to your health. So I think when thinking about these things or hearing these things, bear in mind that we're two people that uh, like to spend a lot of time learning this stuff. And we like to presume some kind of common sense.
1: Yeah, agreed.
0: There's also, you know, quite a well-known position which is that fasting isn't necessarily safe for women. I think from what I've read and understood, that's more related to there just aren't enough studies and most of the studies happen to be on men. But I'd love to to know what your opinion is. This is my level of reading.
1: Yes, here's the challenge for women and it ties into what we talked about in the menopause episode. Our progesterone levels are very sensitive to spikes in cortisol. So fasting bottom line is not good w- for a woman when her body's trying to make progesterone and that is the week before her period. So from about day 20 till she actually has a period is the time she wants to not even do intermittent fasting. She shouldn't even be in ketosis. She needs to be in it, it, bring glucose up, bring insulin up during that time. So if she doesn't, what we see is a lot of missed cycles, Early menopause, hair loss, thyroid go off. Postmenopausal woman, really, if she can step out one to two days a week so that she's building progesterone, is good. She just doesn't have a cycle to time it. Men, you guys can fast all the time. You don't need to think about it. Still, variation is important, but you don't have hormones to time it to.
0: And obviously, again, this is proposing and presuming some common sense because um, obviously people might be diabetic or whatever, right? And so just not advise. But uh, what would be a great way to test and see if it was for you?
1: If you want to try intermittent fasting, the first step is to change your food. So we there's three ingredients that will really make fasting difficult when you're eating bad oils. These are like the canola oil, the uh, Cottonseed seed uh, oil, the corn oil, those inflammatory oils are going to really make it hard for you to make that switch into the fat burning system. Then if you have a high refined carbohydrate diet, you're eating a lot of breads, pastas, cakes, cookies, uh, a lot of sugar, that's also going to make it hard to be make the switch. And then the third ingredient is any kind of toxin like Artificial colorings, flavorings, red dyes, those kind of things really make you more insulin resistant and will make fasting harder. So the first thing is you just change, swap those things out, like spring them down. Don't eat as many of them. If you can completely avoid them, that'd be awesome. Then what you do is you take your breakfast and you push it back an hour. If you're super dubious and you're like, "Eh, I don't know if I can do this, push it back a half hour. But we, this is where hormetic stress can really help us. So there's a principle that I'm sure you've talked about on this podcast called hormetic stressors, which are good stressors. When the body is pushed just to enough discomfort, it becomes stronger. People who work out use this principle all the time. This is what why we never keep doing the same workout. We always are trying, personal trainers and fitness trainers will always try to push somebody's workout so they get stronger. So you go about an hour pushing that breakfast back. If you're uncomfortable, stay there every day. An hour, you know, if all of a sudden nine o'clock is now your new time for breakfast, stay there till it gets easy. Once it gets easy, now push it back another hour. And then you keep doing that till you're at the window of 13 to 15 hours. That's like your first fasting ledge. And many people will just stay there, totally fine. But then you can go explore the other fast if you wanna go deeper. love that people come to fasting for weight loss it's great but i fast for brain health it's really what keeps me in it and here's the first thing to know is that as you make ketones when you tap into this fat burning energy system as ketones go up it signals the production of gaba and gaba is the neurotransmitter of the brain that calms the brain ask anybody who's been on a three-day water fast They are not anxious. They're usually pretty chill, don't even want to talk because they have so much GABA in their brain. Second thing is that when ketones go up, they can go and repair neurons, aging, degenerating neurons. So we like ketones for neuronal repair. Uh, The brain is also very sensitive to autophagy. So when you go into these longer fasts, 17, somewhere between 17 and 72 hours, you're creating autophagy in these neurons and really cleaning up the cells that are delivering key information in your brain. And then the last one, the one that I don't think gets talked about enough, and actually is there's great studies, especially around like Ramadan fasting, is that fasting can produce BDNF. BDNF is like fertilizer for the brain. And the more BDNF you get, the more you can create new neurons so that you can learn new information. And I mean, I'm sure you've been fasting for a long time. I've noticed in my own life, I can hold on to information better than ever before because of the amount of fasting and the variation of fasting that I've done. It's incredible. And then the dopamine that we talked about receptor sites.
0: Okay, so if you had to choose three key benefits or three tips from this episode that you want listeners to remember, what are they going to be?
1: Well, the first is stop eating all day don't worry about counting calories. Don't worry about the amount of food, worry about the quality of the food. And then just see if you can compress your eating window. If you ate like a high fat, high sugar diet in 10 hours, as opposed to uh, all day, like 15, 16 hours of eating, that 10 hour window leaves enough time for your body to recover that you will not uh, accumulate any signs of metabolic damage, like high cholesterol, inflammation, high insulin. It's amazing. So let's compress your eating window. Second is you got to get off the bad oils. You got to bring the processed food down. And then the third one is once you get this taste around ketones and fasting, can you start to experiment with going a little longer? I think there's a lot of fear that, oh my gosh, I'm going to die if I go longer but you actually were meant to thrive and heal when you fast longer.
0: Love it. Thank you so much, Mindy. Where can people find you on social?
1: Yeah. I mean, my YouTube channel is my passion project. I I love the science on fasting. I feel like I've read everything out there. So I bring the science and teach it on my YouTube. I also teach the application of fasting. We have over 600 videos over there. So if you want to learn how to fast, go there. I've got them all in playlists. It's hopefully really easy for people. We have a free fasting group on Facebook called the Resetter Collaborative, Uh, We do a fast once a month. I call it fast training week where we practice different fasts. You can join us over there. If you forget all of that, you can go to DrMindyPels.com. I have an academy where we're coaching people, teaching them how to do fasting for themselves because everybody's route is a little different. So yeah, I'm kind of everywhere. I got a podcast talking to experts about fasting. So there's a lot of information people can dive into.
0: Popular lady and a good reason for it. Thank you so much, Mindy. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brain Care podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and follow us at your Heights on Instagram and Twitter for daily doses of brain care. If you want to know more about how healthy your brain is, you can head to yourheights.com forward/brainhealth to get your free score from 1 to 100. See you next time.